drink wine at all anymore. I had one glass of white and I had a like hangover from hell the next day. Even if it's organic? Without I haven't tried organic. I do need to try that. Maybe give that a twirl. That is the only it. kind that I have to drink now. Otherwise, yeah, after one glass, I get a massive headache. Yeah, it was awful. Anyway, welcome. This is Two Girls Who Scare Easily, and I'm Andy. I'm Katie. And we tell each other interesting and spooky and weird and true crimey stories from in and around Colorado. And every week, we alternate. So last time was Katie's turn, which means this time it's my turn, and Katie has no idea what I'm about to tell her about. Let's do it. Okay. Do we have business to take care of ahead of time? Can we... I would like... Can we Can we talk about aliens real quick? And how they <laughs> now officially exist? Yes. I... <gasps> fucking duh we're all (laughs) sitting here like yeah we yeah we know (laughs) we are aware thank you though for yeah for bestowing us with that gift it was so funny because like okay so yesterday um my partner is telling me all about mitch mcconnell and his like I don't know, brain freeze or whatever, whatever happened, the weirdness, whatever. He's going on about it. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um, And then like at the end of the night, he's like, oh, another weird thing happened today, by the way, aliens. And I'm just like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) Way to bury the lead. Like, you've met me, right? Like, you know what I'm going to be interested in. And it is not Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he should have started with the aliens and then finished. And then he's like... Oh, and they're describing these crafts? And I'm like, oh, you mean Tic Tacs? Yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. We are aware. He's like so not in any of it. And I'm just like, I need details. Please, Please. tell me something new. It's going to be exciting to see like, what happens now. But I really do feel like the general... American population. It's like, look at the last minimum three years that we've had. Exactly. And you think that that's going to give us some sort of emotional reaction? Do better. (laughs) Do better. We already know that aliens are real. Not impressed. Thank you. Try again. What do the the kids say that's uh, straight mid- isn't, isn't that a thing? That's I don't know. I'm not supposed hip to be for that. like an insult. I'll ask. I'll ask the interns at my work. They are in their early twenties. Mm. They shall yes. ask the youth, please. They shall guide me. <laughs> uh, aliens. I just. I just. I just want. I just want to see an alien. Like, just get that guy out. What if you already have? Us. What if you already have? I mean, so my dad has told me my entire life that he's an alien. I mean, maybe he wasn't lying. (laughs) I don't know. I have a weird family. I mean, I could easily believe that David Bowie was not from this realm or this plane. Because someone's so pure and amazing. That's true. How are you produced 
naturally. There are there are people there there are people I could point to and I'm like I could see you being an alien. What uh what is her name? Olivia something. She was on House. What's her name? I didn't watch House. You didn't watch House? It was a good one. I know. Medical shows and me don't Olivia Wilde always jive. She always kind of oh. struck me. <laughs> is that because she has blue eyes? Because I don't think so. <laughs> All aliens have blue eyes. I mean, I've seen X Files, you know, so I feel like sure, why not? But again, why now the government thinks generations that grew up watching X-Files and going, absolutely, I totally agree with this. And they think that now them just simply publicly acknowledging it, we're going to go, oh my God, really? I saw <laughs> I saw a meme a while back, or I don't know, maybe it was a TikTok or something. Uh, but it was like the different generations reacting to an alien invasion. And it was like, the boomers are like duck and cover and and whatnot, and like the I don't remember the Gen X was like prepping, and then like the <laughs> it goes to the millennials and we were just like, take me, please now. I'm ready. Let's go. <laughs> Beam me up. Yep. I could do anyway. This. Aliens. Boop-boop. Aliens. I wish we had a sound effects board because we could do like a pop of confetti yeah, and some sort of horn, but not in an, yes, the X-Files theme. Oh my God. That's, that's what we would have done. (sighs) So many missed opportunities. We're going to manifest it. We're going to get a sound effects board and that is a power that will be quickly taken away from me because it's too powerful. (laughs) And I am too impulsive. Uh, That's what makes it fun. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah. Keeps it spicy. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Anything else before we get into today's story? I, I think I'm going to save my hilarious anecdote for post story as a little aperitif a uh, digestive a little, a little dessert spoof love it a little something to leave okay. us laughing so i mean that's probably good oh god it's <laughs> um i guess a little bit of a content warning if you're afraid of flying, you might want to skip this one. Are you, Are you shitting me? Flying, Katie? I hate flying. And I can't Do you really? skip. I hate. Oh, no. Jesus Christ. Which one are you talking about? I'm sorry. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm going to chug my wine real quick. Okay. I'm going to. Yeah, you, you prepare yourself. <laughs> oh, no. Now I feel bad. I really didn't know that you hated flying. <laughs> um, I hate a lot of things. So that's like not on you. That's fair. And I, <laughs> I will fly because before anyone starts commenting on, oh my God, flying is so safe. I know. 
I know that flying is much safer than driving. And I know that there's very, very strict requirements and how rare it is for plane crashes to occur. I'm aware of all of this. I don't care. I still don't like it. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. I find driving terrifying. Obviously, I still do it, but I have to not think about it because, like, the whole concept of, like, we're just trusting everybody else on the road to follow the rules. And if there's one thing people are really bad at, it's following rules. <laughs> Exactly. But then that's my thing with flying is I know that the minute I get up to cruising altitude, if something goes wrong, I'm a goner. I can't, nothing will happen. And I'm supposed to trust two people in a cockpit I've never met before. That's true. I am... I don't know. I don't know if it's narcissistic or whatever, but I just always assume that I'll be the one that survives. <laughs> I don't think that's narcissistic. I think that's optimistic. Or deluded. Optimistic. We'll go with optimistic. You're a fucking badass bitch. Stubborn. I think it might. It's probably mostly stubborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So I do fly, but if I have an opportunity not to. Like, I will take that. Would I rather go by train or boat? Yes, I would. (laughs) I would. And my partner is not a big fan of flying either, although it's not the worry of wrecking. It's that he is very tall and airplane seats are very small and he gets hunched over and it's very uncomfortable for him. So that's understandable they are almost too small for me and i am not a tall person yeah i am five five on a good day and if i don't have enough leg room that's a problem the the plane that i flew to arkansas on was claustrophobic for me and i'm i'm shorter than you i am yeah five feet tall like everything fits me Everything. I mean, like, places, not clothes. Like, Right, yeah. All places are my size. Most places are made for people <laughs> taller than me, and I have to accept that in the world. And, yeah, and I got on this plane, and I was like, oh. oh. And it uh-huh. was bouncy, and I mm. was, like, shaking at the end. But I know, I know planes are very safe. I know pilots are very professional. I know that airplane mechanics do their jobs. I know that all of those things are real. And, you know, we're just going to do it. So bring it on, Andy. You let's, wanna... let's go. You can go ahead and drink some more of your wine before yep. we... <laughs> just, just... I'll keep drinking as you keep talking. So... I decided on this story because I noticed a few years ago that it felt like at least once a year I was hearing about a plane crash in Colorado. And they're like, they're small planes. It's never like a big commercial crash or anything. But it was always like, oh, another plane crashed out by, I don't know, Stapleton. That's not the right place. Where was I thinking? Whatever. And 
I was like, that seems unusual. Now I'm from Nebraska, so we don't have mountains or anything. Um, but I didn't remember hearing about a lot of plane crashes. So I decided to look into that. According to the NTSB, which I'm now, oh, Na- National Transportation Safety Board investigations log, there have been 23 plane crashes in Colorado so far this year, but only seven of them have resulted in your face. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Just, it's your job. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, only seven of them have resulted in injuries or fatalities. So then what were the others? They just, like, had to land their plane on not an approved landing strip? I guess. I didn't look into all of them. Um, Also, a lot of them... I mean, it's not crazy easy to look into the recent ones because a full flight investigation takes one to two years. So you do generally get, like, a preliminary kind of report. Um... There was one just in May that I wanted to talk about first. Um, this was a small flight, and it was near Victor, Colorado, because apparently all roads lead to Victor. We, can't, like, we cannot escape. We just need to go. Yes. Again, for me. Yes. Per se. Yes. Uh. So four people were found dead after a plane crashed in the mountains of Southern Colorado. The plane for people who are in the know about such things was a pool Cessna T-41B2. I don't know what that means, but it was a small plane. Well, Cessnas are were... like the tiny little, like, private planes. Yeah, they're like the little private planes. Yeah. Yeah. So... It left an airport in Canyon City at about 9.20 a.m. on its way to the Centennial Airport, in, uh, which is in suburban Denver, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it crashed around 9.30 a.m., and this was on May 6th. So it crashed like 10 minutes after taking off. Uh, later in the day, the pilot's family notified the local authorities that the flight was overdue. Because I guess nobody, like, if you get out in kind of southwestern Colorado, there's a lot of open space. Like, it's entirely possible that nobody saw this. Yeah, there's not (laughs) shit out there. Yeah. Uh, So then the crash site itself was found early the next morning. Um, The victims included Bruce Claremont, Lori Aves, and Roger and Catherine Duncan, all of Florence, Colorado. But like I said, a full flight investigation takes one to two years. So we won't have answers on what actually happened to cause this particular accident for a while, probably. Um, So that was one of the most recent ones when I wrote these notes. I think there's actually been another one since in early July. But yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to feel so bad the whole time. Like, I just I feel like the air is now also saying, hey, man, stay out of me. And we know right now that the ocean is very much saying that. 
Oh, yeah. Motion is saying, back the fuck up and leave me alone, invading my personal space. And now the sky is doing that, too. What if Orca are actually aliens? You know. (laughs) They're defending their underwater bases. I could see that. I mean, it is already weird that they are matriarchal and, you know, petty. Orcas are petty oh, as yeah. shit. And oh, yeah. I just, I do live for scientists saying it probably, they are all, seem to be a family pod. And so they're going <laughs> after boats because a boat hurt the matriarch of their pod. I live for that shit. I do. It's so fantastic. Orcas are bullies, and they're petty-ass bitches. And you know what? Okay. Now they're aliens. Now they're aliens. They saw Free Willy. Orcas are aliens. They saw Free Willy. They'll never let us forget. Exactly. And SeaWorld. They just came to live in peace Mm -hmm. and swim around the oceans, and we had to go and ruin it. Yes. And then we put them in like aquariums and shit like in fucking blackfish mm-hmm. and they're mad can't blame them Mm-mm. i'd be mad too mm-hmm. and they're communicating with somebody up in the air i'm convinced hence the plane mm-hmm. crashes i can't prove any of this there you go <laughs> none of this wild speculation complete baseless but it will be part of our cult so make sure you study it yeah uh yeah so getting back to traumatizing you further um let's go (laughs) more than 70 people have died in colorado aircraft crashes between 2014 and 2017 i'm so sorry (laughs) these are but like these are tiny planes right that i'm never gonna be on yes these are tiny planes oh my god i just remembered my own tiny plane story i'll save that for later too oh that's that's why you know you're gonna survive a plane crash that's why you know i have i have not survived a plane crash it was traumatizing in a fully different way a funny way (laughs) later okay so (laughs) uh we are number five for the number of fatal air crashes in the u.s um, we placed behind California, Texas, Florida, and Alaska, which I feel like Alaska, at least, like they have so many planes because you just, you have to. Yeah. So that's not really surprising that they would have a bunch of plane crashes because plus also like winter weather and whatnot. I don't yeah. Know. And there talk about empty space. I mean, there are places oh, yeah. in Alaska that no one is. Yeah, you will never be found. <laughs> no, never. Um, so most of these crashes happen in the high country. And Colorado is it's a challenging place for pilots. Um, we have challenging landscape. Our weather obviously changes on a dime. Um. The high elevation can mess with things, Mm -hmm. Uh, especially like some planes just legitimately aren't meant to fly this high. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the mountains themselves. So 
you know, they affect the wind streams and they just, I don't know, probably pop up out of nowhere if you're not paying enough attention. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, for example, there was a single engine propeller plane that crashed at the Loveland ski area, killing three people from Ohio. Um, and that was probably because the aircraft had um, was unable to climb in high altitude conditions. So it like literally couldn't get up high enough because of the altitude. Oh. So if you're going to fly in Colorado, you need to make sure that your plane can fly in Colorado. Yeah. <laughs> it's important. Uh, one of the uh, investigators for the National Transportation Safety Board, um, a guy named Greg Faith, said, you don't have a lot of opportunity and room to turn the aircraft around if you're trying to retreat when you're flying in the mountains. Mm -hmm. And he said, a lot of these smaller aircraft might not have the operational operational power to climb over the terrain because that takes a lot of uh, power energy whatever mm -hmm. you know takes a lot of oomph to get up over the mountains mm -hmm. yeah uh colorado also has among the highest number of active aviators it's apparently a very popular hobby here so that's also going to increase your numbers oh goody yeah I say that knowing someone who got his pilot's license and he's like, I'll take you up. And I was like, fuck you. No, I know enough to know that <laughs> most plane crashes that happen are small, like prop planes, privately owned planes. No, thanks. I'm right. I've seen you high as balls. There's no way that I'm <laughs> in an airplane. No, thank you. Super cool. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I know several people with pilot's licenses. Uh, do you trust them? Well, not anymore. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, so, several of the fatal crashes happen near airports but they're often like um the mountain ones uh centennial airport is the busiest general aviation airport in the country which also makes sense if you're this is like non-commercial obviously mm -hmm. so it's for you know the smaller flights um we're kind of right in the middle you know so it makes sense that a lot of planes would kind of stop here on the way elsewhere mm -hmm. i guess i could see that yeah uh in may of 2018 a single engine cirrus sr22 went down during takeoff and the plane's engine became embedded in a parker home before the craft itself went down in an open space area that is my fear. I have this irrational fear of a plane crashing into my house. I don't know why. I just, it's, what was that movie with, 
Uh, I want to say Brendan Fraser, where they like thought it was the apocalypse and they all went down in their... Uh, Blast from the Past. You mean one of my there weird hyperfixation movies? <laughs> yes, absolutely. And yet they were watching the news and thought that Russia was going to fire a nuke. So everyone leaves the party and they go in the basement and then the jet actually crashes and they think the bomb goes off. So they lock themselves in there. I feel like that movie wormed its way into my brain and I've had this fear of a plane crashing into my house ever since. You know, I feel like it's just one of those things that's so unexpected that what your brain Mm -hmm. is actually afraid of is something completely out of your control. Just probably smashing your place of safety. Yeah. But every so often we get planes that just buzz real low over the house. And I'm like, it's happening. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. And he's just in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's okay. Just... <laughs> if one ever crashes near you, you're going to be a fucking goner. Is that that or I'm just going to be like, finally, I told you it would happen. <laughs> and then I just go on with my life. <laughs> And now you're fine. You experienced it. Exactly. Now you're fine. It's, um, what's that therapy tactic? Desensitization. Hmm. Where they just show it to you again and right? again. So exactly. So it doesn't yeah. trigger you anymore. <laughs> exactly. I just need it to actually happen. Mm-hmm. Please don't. Not, no. not actually throwing that out to the universe here. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, there have also been several uh, crashes near the air. Uh, Erie Municipal Airport. Okay. Which it's kind of up by the mountains-ish. Yeah. Yeah. It probably gets a lot of those weird mountain winds happening. It does. I mean, down onto the plains. Yeah, it can really kick up, especially out in Erie. Yeah. Uh, there was another flight that crashed into the side of a mountain because the pilot didn't have the proper rating for the craft he was flying. So that's also important. Being able to fly one kind of airplane does not necessarily mean you can fly the others. Mm-hmm. I don't know where that line is, but yeah, air on the side of safety. <laughs> air. Air. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. <laughs> I know that that wasn't the actual word air you were using, but now. I know. I, now it is. Now it is? In my head, now it is. So, we are going to talk about one commercial flight that crashed in Colorado. But it was a long time ago. It took place in 1951. Oh, I know about this one. So, they've gotten better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, so this is United Airlines Flight 610, and on June 30th, 1951, U.S. transcontinental San Francisco, Oakland, Salt Lake City, Denver, Chicago aircraft uh, crashed in Larimer County, which is northwest of Denver. So... The flight completed its first two segments, so it went San Francisco to Oakland, Oakland to Salt Lake City, 
and departed at 12.11 a.m. en route to Denver. At 1.56 a.m., the pilot, Captain J.R. Appleby, radioed that he was over Cheyenne, Wyoming at 8,500 feet and would land at Stapleton Airfield in Denver in 14 minutes. At this point, the pilot should have followed a series of turns to line up with the Denver landing strip. However, that was the last time the plane was heard from, and a search for it began at dawn, with 45 planes from the Air Force, Navy, Civil Air Patrol, and Colorado Highway Patrol. So they went all out. They sent... I am curious, because they have to know approximately where this plane was. Mm -hmm. Like, they radioed that they're over Cheyenne. Clearly, it didn't make it to Denver. Mm -hmm. So they know the ballpark. 45 planes feels like a lot. (laughs) Like, I'm just... How did they not crash? Maybe they were doing, like... Like circular routes or something. Maybe because some sort of grid or there's something. There's also like what if the pilot was wrong about where he thought he mm. was? Um That's true. What if something happened and they veered like major off course? And that is miles wise, still a lot of space. Not That's true. Not for a plane, but Yeah. In real-time life, the difference from Cheyenne to Denver, to Stapleton, which isn't even Denver, now that we have DIA, which is still outside of Denver, um, but folks don't realize, you know, Stapleton is far from Denver. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's kind of a lot of space to cover, and I guess if they're really trying to find them quickly, you want a bigger search. It's just... That's, That's just kind of my guess. Yeah, it just—I don't know—just feels like a lot to me. It but you're—you're like you're right. It is a lot of space, and they're like trained. <laughs> I'm yeah. sure there's procedures, and they know what to look for. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, low-hanging clouds obscured the crash site, so it wasn't located until 1:30 p.m. Mm-hmm. that day. After the location was confirmed, a group was organized in Fort Collins by the Larimer County Coroner to go to the crash site, joined by UAL officials, so United Airlines officials, and a ground party from the Air Force's 4th Air Rescue Squadron from Denver. Uh, The crash had gouged a path 150 feet long by 50 feet wide through heavy timber about 8,600 feet up Crystal Mountain. Golly. Yeah. So they, like, came in and then, like, just went up. I mean. Yeah. It was intense, yeah. That makes it sound like like a Hot Wheels car that you've got in a ramp. I mean, I know that. Physics-wise, that's where it's going to go. I know the mountains mm-hmm. curve up. It's just weird when you're like, that's a plane. Right, you now it looks expect it to, like, smack and then, like, fall down yeah. like a cartoon or something. Yeah. But... And it... Yeah. I don't know. It's, it, like... It's like a mm-hmm. toy. And you're like, you're not a toy. You're an airplane. 
Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> um, so, <sighs> searchers who found the site said that it was littered with bodies, clothing, luggage, and tinsel-like fragments of metal with thousands of letters from the pouches that the plane carried. So it just decimated this plane, and then there were also just letters everywhere. The way that they describe it as tinsel-like shreds of metal, my brain is like, okay, so it was sparkly. That's... (laughs) That's very morbid that the plane just <laughs> poof, with that, paper. And that's yeah. depressing given that there's also, you know, corpses of human beings. Exactly. Around you. It just seems <laughs> weird. Uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. Uncomfortable. That's a good way to put it. Mother Nature's like, here's a terrible thing that happened. Glitter! (laughs) It's just gravity going, yes! (laughs) Pizzazz! (laughs) Oh, no. I'm not actually laughing at people losing their lives. Don't come after me, Internet. No. Not at all. No, this is is how we cope with being uncomfortable. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh... So, all 50 people on board, it was 45 passengers and five crew members were killed, seven of whom were children. The passengers included five members of one family. It was Casey Morgan of San Bruno, California, with his wife and their three children. Also among the dead were... Um, sorry, I I wrote size, and I think I meant five (laughs) officials of the Rural Electrification Administration, five civilian aeronautic technicians, a civilian atomic energy expert, and several UAL employees. So there were a lot of really technical, like this is the 1950s. Those are kind of important people. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, and then, ironically, unfortunately, four of the passengers were on their way to attend funerals. Get out. Oh, I hate that. Right? It's so awful. Hopefully they didn't remember anything. Like, there was no conscious. Oh. No, like, experiencing the plague. I hope that it was just instant, and they blinked, and then, oh, I'm in the afterlife. Okay. I mean, I kind of think, I kind of think that is how it went down, actually, because it was the middle of the night, Mm -hmm. so... There was probably a good chance that people were either asleep or trying to sleep. Mm-hmm. And then we'll get into what actually happened. Um, but basically, like, 
there wasn't any moment of, oh, no, we're going down. It was like we took a wrong turn and hit a mountain. Okay. So. Good. It probably was pretty quick. Um, And it's, I mean, interesting but dark. You can still find fragments of this plane up on Crystal Mountain. Is it? still dark that I kind of want to hike up there just to see it. I want to see it, but I don't want to take any of the pieces. No, no. I would leave, like, flowers. Yeah. I'm not bringing... I don't think that's dark. As, that's nice. As someone who's afraid of flying, I'm not... <laughs> I'm not bringing home plane crash energy. I know better. That's... Mm-mm. Uh. Mm-mm. That's how you get a hex. That's how. True story. I'm not doing that. I know my place. Yeah. I know where I yeah. belong. I just want to go see it. Right? And then... Yeah, I hey. I have many questions. Mm-hmm. And now that it's been, you know, 70 years, oh God. like, oh. how... How's the landscape come back? Mm-hmm. How's... How have thing how how has it affected things long term? Like, it is interesting. Maybe I'll do some exploring. Maybe. Uh, so this led me down a rabbit hole of planes and how they navigate. Okay. So there are a few different ways that a plane can navigate. So visual flying, obviously, with their eyes, it has to be light out. You have to be able to see what's happening. Mm -hmm. And even then, it can get risky. Um, Wasn't it like a Kennedy who got flipped over the ocean and ended up nose Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the visual, one of them. So, like, the visual cues can get really messed up when you're up that high, mm-hmm. especially, like, over open water or whatever, but in any scenario. Mm-hmm. And obviously, if it's dark, you can't navigate that way. Uh, so, if it's if you're flying through clouds or if you're in the dark, you have to do instrument flying. So, you have to obviously trust your instruments. Um. To land a plane, you most commonly use the instrument landing system, which consists of, this is so interesting to me, it's like, it's so weird, the, the solutions we come up with as humanity. Um, so it consists of two radio beams, which project up from the area around the runway, um, up into the approach path. So the first signal is the localizer, which shows the aircraft, um, it shows where the aircraft is in relation to the center of the runway. And then the second signal comes from an antenna to the side of the runway called the glide slope, which sends another beam into the sky to guide the aircraft down vertically to the correct touchdown spot. So it's these like radio signals that basically, like, it just, like, beeps at you when you should do things, mm-hmm. is the impression that I got. Um, 
So, with this particular plane crash, uh, it's thought that the pilot in the dark cockpit may have selected the wrong audio frequencies uh, switches. Um, so yeah so when it again beeped 1950s of it all yeah so in the 1950s these were audio tones based on morse code mm. which i found interesting i had no idea pilots used morse code i mean that's cool it kind of makes sense they're like well we know that this tech is good like this yeah. tech worked on ships, it can transmit over long distances. We know that it's worked to these other industries. Let's pop it on a plane, essentially. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, he should have heard the Morse code identifier of A for the north side of that low frequency range. As he neared the course line itself, he should have begun to hear the N identifier, which was the signal to turn left. So it's thought that in the dark cockpit, the pilot may have selected the wrong radio frequency switches. So instead of hearing the correct Denver low frequency radio range, he was hearing the Denver vis visual audio range courses, course signals instead. So at the time, both of these navigation ranges use the same audio Morse. Mor I cannot speak. The same audio Morse code identifier of DEN, and both needed to be received to pinpoint the airport. But if the pilot was listening to the Denver visual, um, just lost it. Uh, the vi the visual audio range. He would have only heard the first A identifier, but not the N identifier that turned, told him to turn. So he didn't turn and instead continued straight into the mountain. So he thought he was closer. Yeah. Then he actually, he didn't, like, he didn't know where he was. Exactly. He, so he was... The way he was coming in, he needed to kind of go straight and hear that first tone. Mm -hmm. And then when he heard the second tone, he needed to turn left. Mm -hmm. But he was tuned to the wrong one, which was for, um, I believe it was for coming in to the same airport from a different direction. Okay. And so he got the first one, but it didn't have the follow-up to tell him to turn. So he just kept so going. So he went straight. Yeah. And at 2 a.m. crashed into Crystal Mountain. And then it burst into flames. Ooh, I didn't miss I that earlier. Everyone was dead. Yeah. Uh, that's what my brain is thinking. Everyone, everyone was dead already. Everyone was yep. already dead. Everyone was Instantly. already dead. Instantly. So after the investigation, the letter V was added to the DEN identifier for the visual audio range to avoid that confusion. So there was at least something that came out of it to help make things safer. But it was... It was a really sad uh, accident, and it was, yeah, like, it just, it feels very, like, like, it wasn't the pilot's fault, <laughs> you know? Like, it mm -hmm. wasn't, 
really anyone's fault. It was just like they didn't think about it before then, and it it required this this tragedy to bring the flaw to their attention. It's that sweet spot of everything going wrong. Yeah. When things go exactly. right, you don't think about solutions. It's only when things go wrong that you think about solutions. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So it's sad. I have been on a small plane. Here. <laughs> so my old boss at my previous job, he owned a plane and was a pilot. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm bringing this up. This is so embarrassing. Um, so I had worked for him for a long time, but I had just never gone up in the plane and like everybody else had. And so it was after I had my son and he offered to take me up in the plane. I was like, yeah, okay. And so we went up. Having kids does a lot of weird things to your body. Mm-hmm. And one thing it did to mine was give me motion sickness that I was not aware of until that moment. Oh, no. And I was I was doing okay. I was kind of keeping it together. We went kind of over the mountains, which, I, like, I wanted to because it's pretty. It's gorgeous. Um, but it was too choppy. And I was like, I can't do this. <laughs> and so we went back kind of over the plains. And we're like, okay, let's go find your house or whatever and I was totally fine and then we took a turn a little too sharp I just lost my lunch all down the front of me because his girlfriend uh the weekend before they had flown back and she was hung over and she used all of their barf bags <laughs> oh no so you had nothing you I just had, had to nev- I was like catching it in my you're just freeballing it. Oh, yeah. So that's my oh. one experience in a tiny personal oh. plane. And I think that's enough for my entire life. That, yeah. Mm-mm. Oh, I didn't even think about the fact that, like, motion sickness would be so much more. Because I already get... Oh, it was bad. I already get crazy <laughs> on airplanes. Like, mm. I can't really read or do any of that i have to be like watching something or listening usually if i have to fly i'm trying to knock myself out like i take like sleeping meds and just it doesn't matter what time of day i'm flying yeah i try to take sleeping meds and just clonk out um and oh god that would be like so much more magnified oh yeah Yeah, I had never had any kind of motion sickness before then. Like, I'm so didn't matter what I did. (laughs) It's all right. It's just making us both anti tiny planes. Trains all the way, except I mean, there's been a lot of train crashes lately. Um, Yeah, that's not much better. I I don't think they've been passenger trains though. I don't think so. I don't think there's been one of those in a really long time. Yeah. And boats. And I'll just, Mm. you know, I'll take a train and then I'll go on a boat. I'm really reaching all the way back. I feel like the world is just telling us to stay home is what's happening. Yes. 
The world is telling us, Mother Nature is saying, mind your business. And we have not listened. Nope. Nope. Well, that was a... So that's... That was a, that was, that was a story. That was more dramatic than I realized it was going to be because I did not realize that you hate flying. So again, it's okay. I apologize. It's okay. But it was it was one of those, um, you know, rabbit trail fixations that I got stuck on. It is fascinating. And I had to share with the world. It's very true, right? Like, it's just interesting that, like, seriously, I was just looking at the records, like earlier tonight. Twenty three plane crashes in Colorado this year, like since January first. That's so many. That's so many. I hate that. Oh, he did crash his plane too, my boss. Ha <laughs> ha. Like <laughs> like a I wanna say like a a year or two later. It had to be at least two or three, yeah. He did he did crash his plane with uh with his girlfriend. And she ended up with like a cut on her head, but otherwise they were okay. But yeah, he had to like take it down in the middle of nowhere. It was, yeah, more reason to not do that. We need to stay where we are. That's, yeah, or go to Victor apparently because all yeah. roads lead to Victor. Mm-hmm. It's the town we will never escape from. That feels like it should be like their town ma- motto. The town it's you like can never escape from. To... Oh, <laughs> no! All roads lead to Victor because it's like all roads lead to victory. I don't know. There's something there. That's a lot more pleasant (laughs) than the slogan I thought you were giving the town. (laughs) You can't get out. Oh. You can never escape. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sorry. You know what? That, you've been great. I'm gonna. Oh. They're also, um, you know the, the troll up, where is it? Breckenridge? The big. The big troll? Yes. It's made out of wood. Mm-hmm. They're they're installing another one by Victor. Like over by Cri- Cripple Creek Victor. That was the other way, place that it was like invading my head. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. Oh, good. Everybody needs a troll. Everyone needs a town troll. Yes. And if you didn't know, there's a giant troll in Breckenridge made out of wood. And it's, you go see it. it's fun to take pictures with. It's adorable. It's, it's yeah. cute. It's like a friendly troll. Mm-hmm. It's not multicolored, but it's, no. it's adorable. Yes. Mm-hmm. I like yes. it. All right. Well, after all that tragedy, would you still like to cleanse our palates? Yes. I will cleanse our palates. Well, I'll cleanse mine with this water real quick. Hang on. <laughs> and then I will cleanse all of our palates with a story that happened not but an hour before we logged on today. And oh, no. I I came to a realization. Andy. Uh-oh. It's a realization that I you know, I, I wasn't, I didn't want 
But you know, sometimes the universe just slaps you with a self-awareness. And you think, that was that needed? Because now that I know, now I don't know what to do. And I'm second-guessing everything. So, tomorrow night, I agreed to go out with some co-workers. Because it's going to be a weekend, okay. and I thought, mm, okay. okay. Okay, I'll go. So, because I'm me, and I need to plan everything ahead of time, and I've been really just leaning into aesthetics for outfit choices. I was like, well, I'll, you know, I'll pick out some options of maybe what I want to wear. So I'm putting stuff out, laying them down on my guest bedroom bed, which becomes my uh, wardrobe creation space because I don't have to take them off in order to go to bed at night. So I just leave them there and then I can leave all of the right. stuff and look at it as like a little snapshot and it's cute and it works. And that's what I have. So I was laying okay. stuff out and pulling out options and going, mm, I don't really know what's the vibe going to be like tomorrow night. I don't know. I should probably text one of my coworkers. So I'm not totally off base. It's going to be hot. I'm factoring it as you do when you're deciding what to right. wear for an evening for your fit check. And I'm pulling out options and I was like, I don't know. Am I feeling a sundress? Am I feeling this other cute combo? And so I pulled out this very cute red dress that I have. That's like sort of a tight fitting summer dress and it's adorable. But as I'm putting it on the bed and debating its merits, which one of its downsides is that boob sweat is a real thing. True. Boob sweat in that dress. You got to think about it. Mm -hmm. Because it's a factor. It's a factor. It comes through. It's just, it's not user friendly. So I'm laying it down on the bed and then I'm turning around in between my closet and where all of the other outfits are laid. And suddenly, I, you might say, ran into a mountain of my own, a mountain of realization. <laughs> and that realization was all of the other outfit options that I had pulled out were just fucking jeans and a going out top, like it was 2010. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> three different choices and I thought because as the thought was hurtling towards me my self-awareness was well why does the red dress look so much different than these other options wham <laughs> son of a bitch the other options are just jeans and a going out top jeans and a going out top Jeans and a going out top. And for folks who might be younger than us, who are not aware of the stranglehold that jeans and a going out top had on us for a solid 12-year period, Andy knows. So strong. Everything. Everything was <laughs> jeans and then a drastically different aesthetic top that was always dressier. Every time. Every time. Now, it could be spaghetti strap 
like baby doll cut. It could be one of those cursed tops that had like the V going down and then the band at the hips so that it kind of mm. ruched out yeah. a little. Mm-hmm. Forever 21. Anything that Forever 21 made as an evening attire from the period <laughs> of 2008 to easily 2014 was jeans and a going out top. And really a going out top was just like, it's not a t-shirt. Yes. And it's not a wife beater. Yes. That's Anything it. else counted as that, a going out top. That was the bar. And I... I didn't mean to, it wasn't intentional, but they were just all various forms of it. And so if it makes you feel better, I actually encountered the same thing last weekend. (laughs) So I went to the tattoo convention in Denver. I saw the past weekend. It looked great. Yes, it I took one picture. I'm like, I'm going to take so many pictures for a podcast. We're going to showcase cool stuff that happens in Colorado. And then I took one picture. We are but, terrible. Yes. So <laughs> I'm getting ready. And as I'm like getting ready to leave, I look in the mirror and I have ripped jeans and a tank top, like a nice going out top. Jeans and going out top. <laughs> like, jeans and going out top. And I was like... And I had like, I'm a god, it's so bad. I had, I had like just white tennis shoes on, and like I actually stopped myself from doing like the studded belts. And I was like, thank God the 2000s are back in because this is clearly the only thing I know how to do. That's it. It was so bad. Like, and I didn't even real I didn't even recognize it until I was like ready to leave and I was like, Well, this is this is what it is. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I thought for at least a few months recently that I was fashionable, that I was maybe developing because I like clothes. I like fashion. I look at all yeah. of this stuff and I go, that's really cute. That's really cute. That's not for me, but I love that on you. And now my whole worldview is crushed <laughs> because now I fear that I will never escape the jeans and a going out top. How I mean, one of the combos, I was like, how the fuck did I not see this before? I mean, I might as well get an infinity scarf and, you know, why not? Let's just, I had a flashback to teal chunky necklaces and chevron pattern sheer tops and coral colored Mm. jeans that didn't cut anybody well. They weren't flattering on anyone's body. And they don't look good, but we wore them. And I mean, let me just get a mustache necklace while we're at it. Like, fuck, come on. (laughs) 
So that was my moment. And now uh, I have no idea what to wear tomorrow night because I cannot trust myself. If I go on instinct, I will dress like it's 2012. Yep. And. Yep. And that is why I always end up texting people, what are you wearing? To wherever I'm going. <laughs> what are you, what are you wearing? wearing? What are you wearing? It, that sounds dirty. What are you wearing? What are you? No. What are you wearing right now? No, it's um, panicked, folks. And... It's it's a panicked. What yeah. are you wearing? It's a panicked. What are you wearing? I hate everything I own. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also have friends who are much more fashionable than I am, mm-hmm. so I trust their sensibilities. But clearly, I'm on the same wavelength because every time we have like a clothing swap, I just leave with all of your old clothes. So <laughs> this is a problem. It's a problem. This is if we need we need some fresh blood at our clothing swaps. We do. We do. So, you know, maybe if you're a listener and you live in Colorado, I reach out. Do you have right? a good sense of style? I'll take your stuff. Is it something that's not jeans and a going out top? Please. Please, cuz I can't Well, and then for me like work has just become Leggings and a going out top. Oh, no. <laughs> so bad. And I can't do, if I start down the path of day-to-night transition, no, no, I can't go back. Oh. I can't go back to that trend of no blazers in the club and peplum tops. Fuck them. Ugh. I, no. Ugh. No. 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 I won't do it. Also, it's hot. It's hot. It's like really hot. I'll just show up in a bathrobe and flip flops. I'll be like, it's hot and I panicked (laughs) and I didn't know what to wear. This is what we get. Fucking deal with it. You wanted to get to know me? You got it. Hello. Hello. (laughs) I am a gremlin. That's why I don't leave my house. Exactly. I don't want to have to worry about what to wear. I have no inspiration. Maybe I'll get some. I don't know. But that was my story. That was my palate cleanser. They love it. And I relate very hard. And we can go out and be unfashionable (laughs) together. Hell yeah. We should have... Oh, We should have a themed night out like that. Where, like, the dress code is jeans and a going out top. And, like, ballet flats. <laughs> oh, God. We're, you're only allowed to wear things that are out of style? Yes. And now I'm thinking... That's just everything I own. That's, that's, that's it. <laughs> oh, we should just take it back. Take it all the way back. Mm-hmm. Although all that stuff is in We're just going to embrace it. It's totally in now. But I... Feel lame wearing it. Like, even though it's in, I'm like, no. No, this is terrible. I think it's because it's only in for generations that are younger and yeah. hipper than it's us. It's their first time around. And they are reading the fashion in an interpretive and unserious way. Whereas we wear it. With the intention of, but this is what I actually wore, though. <laughs> exactly. 
And I'm not going to lie. It probably literally is what I actually wore. Yeah. Because I swear to God, I have some of the same clothes still. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking at some of them right now. Yeah. I see you. Right here. Yeah. I see this. But thank God anyway. I got rid of some of the very unflattering dresses that I had. I don't know why I ever thought that it was going to work for me. I had this yellow one. Yeah. It made me look like a mushroom. I don't know why <laughs> I tried so hard to make it work on me, but it didn't work. And I should have accepted that. It's hard sometimes. It's hard. So, yeah. So that's... That's us. That's it. That's us. If you have fashion tips for us, or clothing to donate to this sad cause, I guess, or to swap. Please, by all means. and going out tops. Because if, uh, if you donate to our sad cause, we will someday be able to create hilarious merch to give bestow upon all of you. That will not yep. be sad. That will be hilarious. But possibly still jeans and a going out top. It might. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. It's gonna be fucking <laughs> jeans and a going out top. Uh, yeah. So reach out to us. Uh, two girls who scare easily at gmail.com with the number two. Or on Instagram, we are also two girls who scare easily uh, with the number two. And recently we're on threads because I got bored and made bad decisions. So we also have a Threads now. <laughs> what is... Th okay. What? It's a Twitter knockoff. I don't know. I've just been reposting everything from Instagram on there. And then we get like one like and I think we have seven followers. I don't know. But what is it? I was... Threads? Is it images? It's... Is it text only? No. It's... So it's text-based. Okay. It's supposed to be the new Twitter. But I just post links and like photos still <laughs> i just like the way people use twitter now kind of oh where it's like here's the text and then under it here's like the smaller photos oh or whatever i don't know my thought was like hey it's a new medium maybe it will be easier the choices were made i don't i don't know if you have a threads follow us and teach me how to use it please. <laughs> I feel like there's going to be a time where it's just going to be a power hour of random shit posting with your host, Katie. And, <laughs> and I'm just going to go buck wild. I, right. I'm like, even I'm, I haven't gotten on late enough at night to make any bad decisions, but I'm like, Hmm. Is now that, Andy would say this. What does podcaster Andy say though? Is uh is that an invitation is that to I say go for it. To uh maybe late late night threads. <laughs> we wake up the next things get real wild. You wake up the next day, you're like, what the fuck happened? What did I do? What did I do? Oh, why are there so many notifications? The fuck is threads? What is threads? Why does it just say in pink all caps, all hail Blucifer? 
<laughs> what did you it's do? Just over and over. Over and over and over again. Just our comments for an entire day on everybody's posts. All hail Lucifer. <laughs> and then a link. And then a link to our episode. All hail Lucifer. Exactly. Yes. Oh, Lucifer needs needs his own episode. That has to come. It's on the list. Don't spoil things for me. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to. It's on the list. There's lots of things on the list, though. Colorado's a weird place, which we, is kind of the point of the podcast. We are a very weird place. We haven't even tackled DIA yet. Trust me, folks. We I have thought about it, and then every time I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do DIA, I, like, start, and then I get overwhelmed, and I leave. Okay. I think <laughs> that means that we just need to break it's it up. We got to collab research. And then we do a I part think it one may and have a part to be, two. Yeah, it may have to be a collab topic because mm-hmm. it's big and intimidating and weird. <laughs> Much like the uh, physical airport itself. And the state of Colorado. And the state of Colorado. Big, intimidating, weird. Yep. Like it. All right, folks. <laughs> I've hit yep. Slap Happy Town. Yeah, we need to go. Mm-hmm. We need to go. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, yeah. What What do they say at the end of podcasts? Listen, rate, review, subscribe. That's the one. That's the one I was looking for. My response was, it, thank you? Is that? Yes. So, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for thank you. listening. Yes, we love you. And, uh... We'll see you around. Who are we dedicating this episode to? Oh, good call. Um, the gods of gravity. Yes. <laughs> to the gods of gravity. We we respect you. Mm-hmm. Um, we we deny you only in cases of very far travel where it is required. Indeed. And we thank you for your benevolence. Yes. <laughs> In nomine patri, ifidi, espiritu santi. <laughs> Blessed be. Blessed be. Bye. Bye.